Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Boom hits it to deep left. That might send the Yankees to the World Series. Boom, the hero in Game 7. Clemens has set a Major League record for strikeouts in a game. Welcome to episode four of Fanbase, a deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sports. My boy John Senecal is Mr. Yankee. I'm Brian Shackman. I'm not Mr. Red Sox, but I, I love the Red Sox and was there through this entire process. We've dedicated an entire episode, John, to game four of the 2004 ALCS. Now Everybody tell me changes for the Boston Red Sox. And where were you that where were you that night? Oh, I was watching it on TV at home. Nice. Yeah. Beer in hand? I'm sure there was a beer in hand, ready to celebrate. But boy, was I wrong. <laughs> what was the beer of choice for John Senecal in 04? You know, I was, believe it or not, I am a big Sam Adams fan. I'm a big really? Sam Adams fan. Sam Adams and Miller Lite. Those are my two beers. If I'm going to so You got Sam, Sam Heavy, and then you got yeah. your Miller Lite. Yeah. Miller Lite Rusty, Rusty Wallace. Rusty Wallace for the Miller That's Lite. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, for me, uh, we talked about at the end of episode uh, three that I, I went to work and my wife went to game four. We're going to bring in my wife in a minute because she was at game four. She couldn't get anybody to go with her. Uh, I didn't want to go myself. And uh, she ended up stumbling in reluctantly to one of the greatest sporting events there ever was. And I, I just wanted to point out, on top of that, I checked the attendance numbers. Fenway was below capacity for game four. Was that like 18,000 people? No, it wasn't like that. <laughs> but, but it was like almost 1,000 less than the previous game. And like 34,000, something like that, 35? Yeah, and the other ones were over 35 when the capacity was was right around that. And so I think that ultimately, just to reset it for you, the, the, nobody who followed the team or lived in the city thought that they had any chance. They maybe thought they had a chance to win the game, but nobody thought that meant anything because no one had ever come back from three zips, so they didn't right. think they had a chance. Uh, to to win this series at all, and and everybody jumps straight to the ninth inning, and then they jump straight to the twelfth inning, and I my default response is to do the same thing, and 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 we have a blow by blow of that ninth, but you actually think that the early innings were kind of a harbinger of what was to come? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, 
Derek Lowe and El Duque match up, and they basically match up through five innings. They just they match each other, and um, the Yankees are up two to nothing. And in the fifth inning, I think is important for the Red Sox. Um, you have El Duque gets in trouble, and, and Tori doesn't go to the bullpen, and he lets um, El Duque pitch to Ortiz, and Ortiz hits a two run home run. And I, in my opinion, I think that really changes the momentum for the Red Sox. Um, and they, that's their why? first. Why? It, 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 they get a lead. They finally get a lead. They're up three to two. They get a lead. It's psychological. And but then they blow lead. the lead. Well, yeah, they blow the lead. They, I mean, they go the lead because, you know, Matsui comes right back in the sixth inning, and that dude's unconscionable. You know, and unfortunately, this is the last time that Matsui actually, actually plays good for us. You know, David Ortiz takes over Matsui's role from here out. But, you know, it's, I think, in my opinion, to help, as a Yankees fan, I, I know the ninth inning is huge, and obviously they win it in the 12th, but I see momentum for the Red Sox in this inning. I really do. You know, again, Torrey doesn't go to his bullpen, lefty on lefty. He goes with El Duque, who pitched great through five. In addition, I think the top of the six is important, too, for the Red Sox, even though Matt Sui leads off with a triple to center field and knocks out Derek Lowe. There's a wild pitch by Timlin in that inning, and Bernie tries to steal third base, and Veritek makes an awesome play on the ball, and he throws it to third, and Bill Miller, who's huge in this series too, comes up with an amazing tag at third base, and he blocks the bag, and in real time, you think he's safe, but you know, even though there's no replay at the time, he is out, and that is a huge play for the Red Sox, because in the next at bat, Sierra grounds the ball up the middle, and Posada, who was on base, only gets a third, and that would have been a run scorer right there. You know, I had never thought about it in that respect and i understand the logic of it but i still they still blew the lead and they still went into the ninth inning the ninth inning against the best closer in the game turns out ends up being the best closer in the history of the game so i i, I to me like it just leads into loserdom like i maybe it felt good for a minute well i mean minutes. the crazy thing about that is you know rivera actually walks somebody you know he walks millar when does that ever happen? He doesn't walk anybody. You start the ninth inning. It's 4-3 Yankees. They're three outs away from going back to the World Series. And don't forget, they really want to win another World Series. And the ninth inning is a stroke of midnight. which is It's already more. the next day. I, I didn't even remember that. You said Joe Buck has a good call on that. Just turned midnight here at Fenway Park. And there's life for the Red Sox. So Millard gets a walk, and if you watch the at-bat, I mean, he I, – I do, like, he's a bit of a blowhard, but he was fearless, and he was not afraid in that moment. And he yeah. earned he earned that base on balls against 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 Rivera. And then Dave Roberts comes in, who was a late-season addition, I think, from the Dodgers. And, he, and everybody knows he's going he's gonna to steal a base. He's going to steal – I think he was, like, 38 for 41 on the season in stolen bases. I mean, they, right. they basically got him to do this. This is what and they Rivera got him to do. Rivera threw over – how many times did Rivera throw I think over three first? or four times. But, you know, and that's a lot, you know, knowing what he's going to do. I mean, how many, how many times are you going to throw over there? Right. So yeah. the entire stadium, the entire viewing audience, no, including Mariano Rivera, knows he's going to steal. He throws over three or four times, and then on the first pitch to the plate, it happens. Miller still waiting for his first pitch. Roberts is going. Posada's throw. Roberts safe. Great call by the umpires without instant replay. Well, it was close. 
It was very close. And in real time, you think they might have got him. But you know what? Great call by the umpire and great stolen base. He did what he he did what he had to do. And this starts to change the Red Sox season. You know, it's did scary. you feel in that moment like I can say as much as I want in retrospect. And I'll ask Jessica when she comes in if she felt like that. She knew that. But like did, you're up three zip, still have the lead with Mo on the mound. Like, no, did you eat in the moment? And don't thought, forget about retrospect. I thought the evil empire was still going to prevail, Brian. You, Not a nice. chance. Not a chance. You, you weren't worried. No, Are you kidding me? We still we got home field advantage. We're going to go back to Yankee Stadium no matter what. Who cares if you lose this game, right? Hmm. I mean, it's it's it, you you are up three to one if you lose this game, right? You basically have two chances at home to win one game. One game. Right. One game. I mean, and, and no Yankees fan in their right mind is going to sit there and tell you that they're going to lose this series. Come on, please. Anybody would. You would, too, if you were in this position as a Red Sox fan with the role reversed. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, that's why I didn't want to even go to game four, because I didn't think it mattered even if they did win. And I think it's not about whether they won or lost. It's how they won the game. So my mind, of course, everybody's mind jumps to the 12th inning. So Bill Miller gets the single. Dave Roberts comes home to score. It's 4-4. They go extras. What do you remember about the 10th and the 11th? Well, I mean, it's kind of, you know, Alan Embry pitches good for the Sox. He was good good in the series for him. Orlando Cabrera makes an awesome play in the 11th inning against Alex Rodriguez, which probably saves, you know, second, uh, not maybe a run, but a definitely interesting situation you know Orlando Cabrera again is huge for you guys huge in this in this whole series for you guys um but you know it's pretty much status quo you know as far as baseball goes and then you get to the 12th inning yeah so in the 12th inning Paul Quantrill's on the mound and you know back then uh, you know because in the 80s and 90s I followed the Sox so closely I knew who they had drafted I knew they had drafted Kurt Schilling. I knew they had drafted Paul Quantrill. Uh, he made the bigs. Uh, I think he really made a name for himself in Toronto. But, you know, he's on the mound. And in the back of my mind, I remember he's, he used to be a Sox property. And this is where the emergence of, of David Ortiz is so huge because, you know, Manny gets a single uh, in the 12th, and he's on base. And later in the series, I think, they're going to pitch around Manny to get to Poppy, right? I mean, they still consider yeah. Manny a bigger threat than Poppy. Poppy already has a two-run single in this game. He didn't do anything against Rivera in the ninth. What a huge spot for him to be in. Right, so Manny's on base. Poppy gets up, and game is over. Ortiz in the deep right field. Back is Sheffield. We'll see you later tonight. So I talked about I wasn't at the game. Uh, my wife Jessica was. Now, you were at the game. Who were you there with? Uh, I had a tough time finding anyone to go with me. So I finally <laughs> I finally recruited my friend, Megan. Um, and we were at the game. We were we were having a ton of fun. Did you think they actually, A, had a chance in the game, and B, had a chance in the series? Be, on, be honest. I think that there was an energy in the stadium because people knew that it was potentially the last the last moment of the season but as you know a lot of people left there were a lot of people that left early um and so my friend ben who has was a season ticket holder called me from his seats which were down by the first baseline and he was like 
two seats opened up in the row. Come on down with. Oh my god! I was just going to ask you where were you sitting, and you and yeah. you go right to it. That's great. Yeah. And so, so you're down. You're down low. Yeah, because we were grandstand, so it's a move, which was awesome. And Ben was there with his dad, um, who was a longtime usher at Family Park. Like the energy changed when Roberts was on when he went into pinch run. Well, because every like, like we were Brian and I were talking, everybody knew he was there to do one thing. So you knew you were going to see a stolen base, regardless. There was going to be some action. Like something did it. was going to happen. Something was, was going to happen in that moment. Yes. And everybody had their rally caps on. Like I remember, like there was like everybody was like it was like it was so in the moment. And when he took off and was called safe, it was like it was like Fenway exploded. And it was like you could feel the, I don't know, you could feel the change in energy. Um, the, the fans who were still there at the game were so into it. Um, Did you think at that point they could win the game? I think because like like there was nothing else to hold on to. The, the people who were there and were staying were like the believers. Well, you know, it was another, like in my opinion, I mean. That's almost good for you guys because I mean, what else do you, you? It's all balls at that point. It's like you got nothing else, so just pour it into it. You know what I mean? So it's like that was it. It was it. That was all you do. And I swear, like everybody, like everywhere you look, people were screaming. Their caps run inside out. There's just all this emotion in the in the in the ballpark. Um, do you remember Big Poppy's home run? Yeah, without a doubt. Because I think, like, in some ways, my, like, voice had left me at that point because there was <laughs> so much screaming and cheering and energy. I don't know if it's ever been as loud as it was, maybe, um, in, 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 in those moments. And then and then when we won, it was like – I remember when, when Poppy got up to bat, it was like everyone was holding their collective breath. Yeah, like oh, I said, weird. I mean, he was who, who bigger in the moment than in Big Poppy? Who bigger? And it was like so beautiful, and and the stadium went crazy. I think that there's never been a live event that was that I have been a part of that was more like like emotional and beautiful than it's that a, one. It's, it was, a mem it's a memory you'll never forget. Well, and, I, you know, what I wanted to point out is that, you know, I didn't want to go to the game even if I could have because I thought even if they won the game, they weren't going to win the series. And I think in general, if they had won a 6-3 game or 7-4, whatever, I probably still would have felt the same way. But it's the way they won that game. And so can you be as honest as possible? Did you leave that stadium thinking they could win the series? Yes. But I also – I don't believe you. I also went to the game. Like, I remember feeling well, really – really sad after the game you were probably you were probably so jacked leaving that game that like you probably thought you could walk through a wall at that point i mean it was i couldn't even imagine i remember going to yankee playoff games when they went when they like hit, walked out of there and the whole upper deck shaking and and then the feeling is unbelievable like it's crazy it's crazy i can't imagine being at that game i mean even, even knowing that you still didn't win anything officially just that game has got to be insane to be at I, I just remember thinking, like, I remember I had that T-shirt that said. We believe that one. Yeah, we believe. And I remember being like, this was, it just felt like in that moment that that it became our, it became our, our moment. Like, hmm. I really, and I remember Brian saying to me, like, no team has ever come back. Said a lot, a lot. A lot from, 
three zero. From a three zero, and I was like, well, this year is different. Well, and they're, and, they're, and they're gonna do it, and we're gonna talk about it in the next episode, right? Yeah. Yeah. So thank you, honey. I appreciate it. The the interesting thing about Jess, and I'll, I'll I will wrap things up, is that I worked the morning show at the NBC station in Connecticut, and I would go to bed at eight thirty, nine o'clock, and especially when we had a newborn. Hey, stuff, right? Matt, Brian and Keisha. Yeah. So thirty. But she had nothing to do at night but correct papers and watch the Red Sox. And she grew up, her dad was a Yankee fan, actually. It's I, I worked mornings for many years at NBC, and it's tough to watch baseball on that shift. And it's I'm not talking about West Coast baseball. I'm talking right. about general right. 7 o'clock games. And then you get to the playoffs, and the playoffs start at that time. They were starting at like 8.30. 8.45 at night, some of those games. And you're clicking into, I mean, we'll get to it the later games. We go to 12 innings, and they're, they're going five hours games. I mean, Jesus, you're coming into 1, 1 30 in the morning. We're going to she work. Ended up, yeah, she ended up watching every single game every single night. She knew more about the Red Sox in 2004 than I did. And so when she talks about it, like, she was fully invested. And I just, you know, it was just – it was incredible to watch her reactions to it because she had never really been a huge Red Sox fan before that. So, uh, but I just thought it'd be fun to bring her in. And so, you know, any final words before we move on to episode five, which will be games five, six, and seven. Other than that, you're going to be in for one heck of a ride, man, if you're a Red Sox fan and you're going to witness sports history. And we're going to talk about it on the next episode. But for now, this is episode four of fan base a deep dive in the greatest rivalry in sports you can catch us on apple and spotify and online i'm john senecal and this is brian shackman we'll see you next time we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds what could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds let odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs advertise with odyssey visit ads.odyssey.com